Thank you for engaging and welcome to our Georgia Baptist Discipleship family. We have another high capacity leader on today, Dr. Barry St. Clair, founder of Reach Out Youth Solution. He's lived on the cutting edge of youth and family ministry for over 40 years. He's been equipping youth leaders and parents and students, not just all over the United States, but over 30 different countries. And through Reach Out, Barry has developed Jesus-focused youth ministry, parent fuel to equip youth leaders. He is an author of over 30 books, and we'll put some of those links into the chat later in the broadcast. Now, I remember Barry as an author, uh, as he was an author in my early days of student ministry from 20 plus years of student ministry, and he was one of the most effective and engaging authors in the nation. I used his curriculum to teach families how to spend time alone with God, how to have a gospel influence, how to challenge my people to make Jesus Lord. And so in a sense, Barry has mentored me as a young minister without even knowing me through the curriculum that he has developed. And, uh, and I tell you what I was trying to do. I was trying to figure out how in the world do I um, disciple teenagers in the student ministry when I don't have any idea what I'm doing. There's so many of us that we started out and we didn't have a, we didn't have any depth we just told a quick story and went outside and I'd crush people and dish out humility on the basketball court. But Barry's curriculum, his heart, his ministry was a huge help during that time. And he's continued to be faithful. Now, Barry, welcome to our Georgia Baptist discipleship family, friend. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. And uh, thanks for having me. Thanks you for bet. that uh, glorious introduction there. <laughs> Get a little backdrop of all that I, craziness that I've done, but um but I want to also share a big thank you to our viewers and listeners, because we are in awe that you guys have interacted and downloaded um, it, over 119,000 pieces of content from our Georgia Baptist Discipleship Tribe over the last year. So thank you for engaging. Thank you for sharing the broadcast. And we'll continue to do the best we can to give you quality resource. Now, let me give you a reminder, because we do have, as normal, a pile of resources we want to give away. So make sure that you leave a comment and you'll get entered into that drawing. And as a special treat, if you'll share today's link, you'll get double entry into that drawing and you just may find yourself with a Barry St. Clair or a Sully bobblehead. I don't know. I'm just saying our mamas think those bobbleheads are going to be worth a lot of money one day. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Barry, man, thanks for being here. And, and you and I have a connection you know, we really hadn't met before we started talking about this uh, broadcast and, and trying to get you to share some nuggets of wisdom from the decades of uh, ministry that you've been involved in. But you played in the Athletes in Action basketball team, the first one, right? Right. Yes, I did. Really cool. And so one of those guys named Dennis created an offshoot team called Spirit Express, and I played with those guys. So neat connection for you and I. We had fun kind of catching up with some of those memories early on um, yes. neat that we played on a semi-pro team that nobody's ever heard of amen <laughs> yes that was <laughs> fantastic and then yeah we our uh common basketball experience always draws people together yeah. if you've done if you've suffered through some of that and experienced the joys of it it's always good to connect with other people who've done that too so that's right yeah that's right well let's jump into some questions here because we've got a lot to get to and um, my first thought is this how did you become engaged in disciple making? Well, it goes right back to what we were just talking about, because when I was at Davidson College playing basketball, I had after my freshman year at I, what I call a head to heart encounter with Jesus. 
Mm. And disciple making always starts with an encounter with Jesus. If you haven't had that, it's going to, you're not going to go very far. So yeah. that was, that was a, a tremendous turning point for me. There were no ministries on our campus at the time. Uh, my buddy Greg and I started meeting uh, to pray together. And then as a result of that, we started FCA and then a, a, a guy named Albert Long came from FCA to our campus and he started mentoring me and he mentored me till the day he died last year. So mm. that was a big, huge piece in my, in my uh, early disciple making. And then I was with Young Life, my later part of my Davidson days. And then I played with Athletes in Action and all those experiences as we'll talk about more specifically, all of those experiences were disciple-making experiences, although most of those times I had no idea that anyone was discipling me. That's so, cool. yes. Hey, you brought up something that I want to chase a rabbit for a second because I am a big believer in mentoring. Yes. Early in my ministry, <clears throat> I never really had that. And so I, I know the difficult days it creates when you don't have a mentor. So, for our leaders that are watching today, and I would say most of them are not involved in a mentor relationship, what would you say to those leaders in terms of how important it is to have a mentor, even when you are experienced in ministry? Let's say you've been in it 20 years, 30 years. How important is it to have a mentor and then have a mentee? Well, it all really goes back. It's ultimate importance because it all goes back to the whole process of disciple making, which we will talk about. But if you don't have somebody leading you, how are you going to properly lead others? Yeah. And I think if I was doing it all again, I would have leaned more into those mentors than I actually did. I was probably too immature to really take full advantage of all that they were trying to give me. Yes. But at the same time, same time, I think that's that's kind of true for all of us. So mm. I think just you look for somebody who is spiritually more mature, someone you look up to, somebody who who really cares about relationships, which we'll come back to in a little bit. But uh, that's what you're looking for in a mentor. Yeah, so good. And and I would say this, you know, I'm, you know, just turned 50, been in ministry 30 something years, and I've got a mentor. I'm meeting yeah. with, and I asked, I called Ken Adams and uh, and I asked him, I said, hey man, I need somebody pouring into me. You know, I'm in Georgia, you know, with all these different things that we're doing, God is exploding with incredible things. Would you take some time once a month and just pour into my life, ask them hard questions? And I'm telling you, it has been huge in my life. So thank you for, thank you for going down that road. That's a really important uh, process and nugget that we need to, to talk. So let me turn the page here because I want to, I want to turn to a core idea and mission of the church because being intentional and being clear about, you know, core ideas is huge, right? So it's like a couple of weeks ago, I walked into the restaurant, you know, ordered a Cobb salad and the waiter walks up to me and she says, well, how would you like your salad? And I'm like, in a bowl? Like, I didn't know what she was asking. Like, I, 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 I ordered a Cobb salad, and she asked me how I would like my salad. So I didn't even know what she was talking about, right? Well, I feel like in our churches, we do that a lot. We're talking a language that our people don't understand. So yes. here's my question. What's your definition of disciple of Jesus? Because it's huge. If we're going to make disciples in our churches, we got to know what that is. And then talk to us about the importance of being and doing for Christ as a disciple. Yeah, let me let me give a little backdrop here that I think will be significant for the audience, the Georgia audience that we have here. So uh, one of my experiences as a disciple maker was when my daughter started dating in high school, I started a discipleship group for the guy she was dating and his friends. Oh, right? wow. So did that two or three times, which is, by the way, if you're a parent and listening to this, that's a great way to 
get inside <laughs> with kids and their friends. But, Hashtag family discipleship. Yes, absolutely. And so in that first discipleship group, um, I had I had a guy named Josh Smith. And Josh Smith uh, was a an unruly, unathletic, not very good student person in my discipleship group who was absolutely full of life and the life of the party. Hmm. And so I had the opportunity to pour into his life for two years. And to make a long story really short, he worked with me after in college, after college in Slovakia and all those different, some different places around the world. And now he is the pastor at Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Athens. Oh, so and good. A lot of people will know about that, but Josh Smith and I, uh, it, it was, it was that time, that relationship that he really turned on to Jesus Christ and um, took off from there, and then we have I've had a chance to connect with him, and we drive all the way 45, 50 minutes every week to go to his church because we love it so much. So wow. that's that's disciple making in its full cycle. Now he's coming back and investing back in us. So we just just love that that piece, and then you know I've done that over the years, and so that kind of sets the stage for what a definition of discipleship would look like. Same thing happened with a bunch of other guys, had a, a group of guys earlier than Josh who were, um, who one of the guys in that group, my first discipleship group ever, this group was, Mike Pineda was in that group. He, he went on to be uh, one of the leaders of the International Mission Board for years and years, and uh, we've been friends for years and years, but he was in that first discipleship group. So I say all that to say, whatever the definition is, when you do this, actually do it, it yeah. really pays off over time. So the definition of the definition of disciple of Jesus and, and uh, the importance of it is uh, goes really to John 15 and first, second Timothy two, one and two, and we'll come back to, to uh, John 15 in a minute, but we all, everybody in the church that goes to church seems to know the phrase, go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said, go and make disciples. And that has morphed into, in most churches, Anything the church does that has a discipleship label on it. However, that is not that is not what Jesus had in mind, and uh, the Apostle Paul articulated Jesus' view of that. I think in Second Timothy two one and two, where he says, "You, my sons, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus." And these things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So you see the. You see the discipling element there, and then the multiplication. And if we had time to parse all that out, we could do a whole thing on just that those two verses. But that's that's where disciple making starts. If you get that in mind, then that's where it begins. So, what does that look like? Well, let's put that disciple par uh, slide up there, and let's let's take a quick look at that. Yeah. So, if you look at this, you see here a real disciple. And a real, if, if I'm going to be a disciple before I disciple others, then this is what my life looks like at the top there. I have inside of me the Spirit of God. I'm taking in the Word of God. I'm talking to God in prayer. Those things become a part of the fact that I am now a disciple who can be a disciple maker. That disciple maker then picks some people that uh, they're going to be involved in and in, uh, in their lives. And then they just invest in those people 
who then will have caught the bug of discipleship. They will have caught the vision and, the, and, and seen what it's done in their lives, and then they'll turn around and begin to do that with other people, and that begins to multiply, and the multiplication of it is what causes this to be such a dynamic uh, experience, and we'll come back to that in a minute, but oh. there's that. Now, that slide, now let's look, put the other slide up there, because the next slide shows us how to, um, how to engage in this in a way that causes us to be able to um, see the, the real structure or a vision for what disciple making looks like. Now that slide isn't up on my screen, but hopefully it's up on the other people's screen. Are they able to see that, Scott? Yeah, I don't know. It's saying that my screen sharing is paused. So let me uh, see if we can get that off of there. Exit out, try one more time to get it up here. So yeah, are you seeing anything right now? I'm seeing the, a real disciple slide. Yeah. Tell you what. Yeah, we may just have to. Yeah, it's not it's not letting me share. So we may just have to talk about it. Oh, shoot. Because that was the one I wanted to see. Yeah. Anyway, I, I tell you what, if you want to if you want to talk, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get out of that. And I am going to. Bring that back. How about that? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Is that, are they able to see that now? Yes. Okay, good. All right, terrific. So if, if a person is going to be a real disciple, as we just described, then there's a whole way of looking at that that we developed over the years called Jesus Focused Youth Ministry. And you'll notice in the center of that, Jesus is large. And if I could have made that graphic larger with Jesus, I would have done so. But Jesus is the centerpiece of all of it. And when we get our focus there, then everything else begins to have dynamic spirit-led dimensions to it that cause us to be able to do all kinds of amazing things. But in this little strategy here that we've used all over the world in these 30 countries that Scott mentioned, there's just several different simple elements. One go deeper with Christ. That's the being part. Go deeper with Christ. Pray with passion. That's the being part. And okay. then build leaders, disciple students. That's the disciple making part. And then the evangelism piece is penetrate the culture and create outreach opportunities for people to hear the gospel. Very simple. Very simple. Just exactly what Jesus did when you read the four gospels, you see that that's what Jesus did over and over and over again. He took yeah. people deeper into himself, prayed a lot, built his leaders, his, 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 his disciples, they said, or as a friend of mine says, his reproducibles, and then, and then on to discipleship. So that's kind of how that looks. Uh, and I think for, from our point of view, what I've done over the years is just based that on John 15. Okay. I think this is, this is a real key thing here because John 15 helps us to see that we abide in Jesus. That's the being part. Mm -hmm. And then when we are abiding in him, we bear fruit, we bear much fruit, we bear much more fruit. So there's the whole triple multiplication right there. Yeah. So we can see in that, ver that very passage of scripture following that, that that's going to show us exactly what discipleship looks like. We're yeah, I think it's Christ, and then we're going to bear fruit. And that's really important, Barry, because what what I'm noticing with a lot of our leaders is when you say 
Um, do you want to have a healthy disciple-making church? They don't have to pray about it. It's absolutely, it's, it's all guns blazing. Let's go after it. The struggle that I'm seeing is that most pastors and leaders are not disciple makers, but they're trying to create disciple making churches. So, so think, so think with me just a second about the, the typical Baptist church, which we know runs 150 or less, right? So 89% of our Georgia Baptist churches run, you know, less than 100, uh, 150 or less. So think about that church, which can have a typical worship service and probably a Sunday school or life group type of something going on. What would you say to that group in terms of how to help their people go deeper in Christ if they've got that standard historic model? Yes, I would say to that group of people, the same thing I would say to all the mega church pastors or, or leaders that are listening, it's all the same all the way across the board in terms of how we, of how I think from my point of view, how we view this. So I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more about the, the failures um, and we could spend our entire time interacting <laughs> on this question, but I, I would say three or four things that I think are critical here. One is multiplication is the end goal. Hmm. So you begin, as Stephen Covey said, you begin with the end in mind. And in most USA churches, multiply is not the key word. The key word is add. So as long as there are rear ends in the seats and long as there are people coming, then that's what determines how successful we are. That's wow. a wrong measuring stick. The only measuring stick that, that makes any sense when Jesus said, go make disciples is multiplication. And so multiplying is the end goal. Churches tend to operate as an audience, and God intended for the church to operate as an army. And when you look around our country at this point in time and see the impotence of the church across America, one of the things that you realize is we've failed to build, build an army, and instead we built an audience. So that's, a, that's where the essence of the problem is. So we'll pause there. I got a couple other comments, but anything you want to say in that? Well, and I tell you, you just hit a nerve with me because... There, a lot of our leaders there, they look out and let's say their sanctuary holds 400 people and they're having 275 come and they look across there and they say, man, we're, you know, post COVID or at least on the backside of the worst part that was up front kind of deal. And they look and they say, man, it's, it's comfortably full in here. And it, and it provides what I call the silhouette of discipleship. Yeah. What I mean by that is it looks like we're discipling people. We talk about discipling our people because there are numbers in the seats, but we're really not discipling our people. You know, it's like a silhouette. When you touch it, it's not real. It's, right. it's fake. It's, a, it's an illusion. Yes. So a lot of our churches have this illusion that they're half full, they're 75% full, and they say, hey, man, God's moving, and we got to build a new sanctuary. We need a family life center. We got to have a basketball gym for our kids to play. And gosh, it just creates... Um, a perpetual unhealthy cycle. Thoughts? Oh boy. Yes. Are we burdened down with that? Uh, we're way, I think we're weighed down by program structures, buildings, all those things that are part of the Western church that aren't really a chart part of the vast, amazing advancement of the gospel in different places around the world. So most churches have the fray, the, the, the word discipleship in their, in their verbiage. Mm -hmm. but, there, but, but it's not general discipleship we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus said, go and make disciples. So we're talking about disciple making, and there is a vast paradigm 
shift and difference between those two. One is teaching a class, for example, that could be defined as discipleship, but investing in a few disciples is another thing. We have systems, all kinds of, we as Baptists have systems and systems and, and versus relationships. And relationships is really this, the key. My Uganda youth pastor friend who has about 5,000 kids in his youth group, by the way, he all based on, all based on disciple making said that made this statement. I love this statement. Ministry moves at the speed of relationships. Mm. So I think that's that's really what we're talking about here, Scott, is making that paradigm shift. And most churches have a hard time making that paradigm shift. We'll talk about some simple ways to start that in a minute, but most churches have a hard time with that. But the ones that do flourish yes. in multiplication. Yeah, good thought. Uh, and we're going to move on here. So let me... Um... Is there, is there anything else on this graphic that you, that you want to hit before we take this down? No, no, that's good. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go on. Get to that stuff. Yes. And as as you're doing, as you're doing that, let me just give one illustration of what I just said. I pastored a church here in Atlanta for eight years that some friends and I started Baptist church and we built it not on structures and systems and all those kinds of things. We built it on relationships and it was a cell community celebration church. So the cell was discipleship, disciple making. The community groups were the place where people had fellowship and relationships. And the celebration was our Sunday, Sunday worship. But you couldn't join our church in a celebration. You had to come to join the church through a cell group, a disciple making group that you were a part of in that community that gave you the privilege of being a member of that church. So by that time, everybody then is engaged in discipleship and then disciple making, and then everyone begins to move toward making other disciples. So, Oh, I love the intentionality of the plan that you just talked about there. Yeah. One guy, his name is Jack. He came to our church. He and his wife were on the verge of divorce. He was a Baptist deacon and he was an alcoholic. Put those Mm. three together. Yeah. Sounds Sounds like the beginning of a joke. Yeah, well, it it's, it's, wasn't a joke, but it was a miracle because Jack found Jesus. He became mm-hmm. a disciple. He became a disciple maker. Wow. And to this day, he is in uh, an amazing mentor and discipler in Alcoholics Anonymous. So yeah. you just look at that and go, wow, what a change. But it was there were no systems. There was just a simple, basic relational structure that allowed us to operate. Now, how churches that are already structured get to that is another matter, but um, you can see from that illustration that that kind of model really, really makes a difference. And how can the church, the traditional structured church, become more like that? That's a question for maybe another podcast. Yeah, maybe so. Now, are you ready to move to multiplication? Because I really want to talk about this for a moment. Absolutely. Okay, so in the Watershed book that I wrote, I talk about multiplication uh, being one of the six core streams that need to be healthy in the church for the church to be healthy. So here's here's what I'm struggling with. Why is multiplication of disciples in the in the modern church? Why is it so difficult? Like we know that we should be multiplying. We know should we should multiply disciples, multiply groups and multiply churches. I mean, those are things that you don't have to dig very deep to understand that 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 that's got to be in place to be a healthy church. Um, and, and we keep talking about this because in, in my opinion, it's the greatest failure of the Southern Baptist Convention in my lifetime is our inability to replicate 
ourselves. So any thoughts here? Oh, I've got way more thoughts than we can talk about now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say if somebody, if a pastor who's pastors, church staff people or leaders in the church are listening here, back to the key being relationships and relationships, disciple making relationships are based on investing in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, my view is that if, if someone is listening and says, I don't know what to do or where to start, whether you're a pastor or whatever, and you can't go just explode the whole church systems in one, you know, one fell swoop, find three to five people who are curious about yes. Jesus and just start meeting with them. I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Through this broadcast, this podcast, we can uh, help you figure that out a little bit later. We won't go into that now, but there are all kinds of resources available to get you started. But if you have a heart to do this and you see this is really important and you see yourself investing in relationships, then find three to five people, six people, two people, whatever, whatever the Lord gives you after you've prayed about it and just say, you know who those people are. You gather them and say, we're going to start meeting to grow in Jesus. And we're, I'm going to show you how we, how to do this. And we're going to walk through it. And, and really it becomes in a relational context, it becomes a very simple thing to do. Honestly, it's, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not that hard. That's why a couple of ex basketball players who probably, you know, <laughs> we're, our, our, we're questionable. Well, that's why we can do it. So, that's right. right. So right. uh, you know how jocks are. We ain't very smart. We can just do things physically, right? Yes, exactly. And you know what I've done with this? Back to the Josh <laughs> Smith illustration. When yeah. Josh was a senior in high school, his second year in that discipleship group with me, he was discipling junior high guys. Every guy in there was discipling junior high guys. Mm. I was guiding them. I was discipling them. They were me. They grabbed hold of this thing and ran with it and had had stuff they were doing with these junior high kids. And then I'm giving them this, you know, little... Bible study things and things to help kids memorize scripture and so forth. And they just ran with it. So if junior, if a senior in high school can do it with junior high kids, anybody can do this. That's the Absolutely. point. And I tell you, I believe so strongly this, let me just provide a moment of transparency here, Barry. Um, it, it would be easy for me to be on this broadcast every other week, talk about this, talk about the biblical mandate to make disciples and that we got to be personal disciple makers. If we're going to make disciple making churches, and then me not do it because I, I just full transparency. I've got a home church, North Metro Baptist church, love pastor Frank, but I'm preaching in churches four out of five Sundays. I'm not there a right. lot. Right. And, and so here's what I want you guys to know. I'm about to uh, seek over the next um, probably three to four weeks, six pastors or leaders throughout the entire state of Georgia. And I'm going to start meeting with them. And, and we're going to go through what I believe it takes to be a personal disciple and then what it takes to create a disciple-making church. I'm going to be involved awesome. in that process. So, so anyway, just want to have a, a moment of transparency for those who kind of think about, you know, convention leaders like I did, you know, right. the Ivory Tower guys who aren't doing anything. Yes. They just talk a lot about it. I want you guys to know that my life is committed to this as well. Now, so uh, let me, let me make a comment there. So, go ahead. Yes, I, 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 all for you, man. I think that is awesome. And I'm trying to do the same kind of thing. I would say to all those church people out there, that natural tendency is to put this into a church context. In other words, where does this fit in the program? Scrap it all. 
Yeah. Who are the relationships and when am I going to meet them on an early morning breakfast or a lunch or a night or what? When am I going to do that? Not how does this fit into the church program? That'll at least get you started. Yeah. Great word. Great word. Any, yeah. any other thoughts uh, that you would want to bring up and chew on for a second about multiplication? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. So <clears throat> multiplication happens to invest, investing in relationships. It's about relationships, not systems. So we go back to that. And then a little, little three-word phrase thing that we've done over the years that go back to those diagrams. We introduce, and then we implement, and then we multiply. So we introduce people to, to Jesus and get them walking with him. We implement a, a time of discipleship that goes on, goes on and on, because this, this is not a four-week quick fix here. This is a long-term relationships. And then over time, in a brief period of time, challenging those people to find their three to five people, and they start doing the same thing. And then as you start, it begins to multiply. There's a book called The Kingdom Unleashed. I would recommend this book to anyone and everyone who's thinking about this multiplication idea. It's what happens in the global South as opposed to where we live in the global North. My friend, I'll, I'll make this so brief on this, but I can't recommend this highly enough. But my friend Lance Corley, who was our Russia leader for 10 or 12 years, Lance is a part of a disciple-making movement group where they have planted 67,000 churches in the last eight years. Good gracious. Okay. Now, is that possible? Well, it must be. Yeah. So what do we do here that allows us to be able to do here what they do there? And this Kingdom Unleashed book helps with that. And one other resource I'll recommend to, to you here, which I think is so good. You're talking about transparency and talking about how you know, how our lives really impact the lives of others. My wife and I read this book this last year that just rocked our world. It's called The Power to Bless, because mm -hmm. at the core of all, you're talking about core values, at the core yeah. of all this is that God wants every one of us to be a transforming influence in every relationship we have every day with everybody. So a transforming, a transforming influence on other people that says, I am in God's presence in this present moment, and every person I meet or talk to, I have the opportunity in some small way to communicate Jesus, to bring love to them, to bless them in ways that this book talks about that is absolutely, absolutely astounding. So two books so to recommend that I think would be very helpful in, in, in the context of, of doing this. Yeah, and yeah. we'll make sure that we put the link to that in the... Yeah. Uh, in the chats so folks can go straight to that as well. Yeah. All right. Hey, any, any other thoughts before we move forward? Uh, well, I just, um, I just want to encourage people to do this. I mean, it, it's like it, if, if it was really hard, I'd come and do a seminar at your church for you, Yeah. but it's not that hard. And yeah. so I think through this podcast, we're going to provide some other resources and some other, some other opportunities as we finish this up. We're going to provide that for, for people. And so you'll have the tools to be able to do this with teenagers. You'll have the tools to be able to do it with adults. And so just go. Yeah. And yeah. make disciples. <laughs> and, and that's a great segue. Said into, that once. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great segue into just a, a final thought here. Um, speak to that, that leader. There's going to be thousands of people who see this over the, um, the, that three or four day period after this broadcast. And, 
What would you say to those who do not have an identifiable plan to make disciples personally as a, you know, as a disciple, they don't have a plan, but maybe they're also in charge of a church and there's not an identifiable plan in their church to make disciples. Can you just, can you just speak for a moment to that leader? Yes. To all you youth leaders are out there. <laughs> uh, we have a numerous at, at uh, our reach out website, reach out youth solutions website, you'll find all these resources for adults, for students uh, to make disciples in a progressive way. We have a Moving Toward Maturity series that is uh, five books, 10 weeks at a time, two years of disciple making with teenagers. Mm. And, and we have these building leaders books that do the same kind of thing with adults. And so those books are available. The navigators have great stuff in the 2-7 series. So yeah, it's not like resources aren't available. They definitely are. Baptist Press probably has some of those kind of resources. That's all great. It's not so much about the resources. It's about the investment in the relationships and bringing God's word, prayer, and the spirit of God into that context. And when that happens, then God moves in amazing ways to change lives and, and then eventually to multiply that out to so many other people beyond that little group. Yeah, so good. And, and goal setting is, is critical in this process. Um, you know, what I've learned is it's if we, if we, if we fail at anything, it can't be in the area of making disciples. So we've got to have a plan to do it ourselves and then to, and to create that into our churches. And, uh, and I just leaders, I, I can't encourage you enough. And I love what Barry talked about. Listen, if you don't know where to start, grab three to five people, start there, meet weekly and, and grow with them in Christ. And then talk the language of multiplication and uh, it's not that hard, but it is something that, that takes a conscious, intentional decision. Does that sound on target, Barry? Yes, that sounds great. And if there's any way that I personally can, through you, uh, make those things available or connect with people, I am glad to do that yeah. on a limited basis, I think. But, uh, but I'm glad to do that uh, in any way. Anything that we, I have, we have, you have, I will go, the, go through you to do that. Yeah. But just glad to be able to serve in any way and hopefully in some way have a transforming influence on those people that are listening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll put some links and resources into the chat. Barry, what are you working on right now? Let's land the plane. Let's give some resources. So uh, tell us what you're working on right now. And then give oh, our if they wanted to get in contact with you, maybe to come speak or train at your church, where, where can they find you? Yeah, they, it's, it's uh, Clair at eastwest.org, eastwest.org is my email. So you can find me there. The thing I would say about that is, oh my, this opportunity for, uh, for what we're doing going forward is amazing. So all the Jesus-focused youth ministry that you saw there, that's a whole training system that we do for churches. So that's available. But we've now filmed all that, filmed it in four languages, Swahili, Russian, Spanish, and English. And we're going to have all that in an interactive disciple-making, uh, transformational training process that allows mentors to disciple their, men their mentees, their disciple-maker, disciple his disciples, and to walk through that in a training process that sets a church up for being a disciple-making church. Yeah, that's really good. Well, as we land the plane, leaders, uh, let, me, let me give you a closing thought here. Because some of you may be listening to this and say, man, I'm so excited about what Barry St. Clair is doing. I love what Scott's doing, gathering some people, investing in those folks. But you may not have an action plan for yourself. Let me give you a word 
a focus word, a key concept for 2022. And it's, it's a single word that I call curiosity. So curiosity is the willingness to think beyond borders and learn, to be a lifetime learners. Because what I'm experiencing is a lot of our leaders have learned a lot over a period of time, and, and we almost feel like we've arrived. And listen, I get it. As we get older, we don't necessarily want to think bigger. We don't want to add things to our plate. And these are difficult days for sure. But it also gives us the opportunity to think and lead in ways that we didn't even have to two years ago. Our discipleship team has established learning communities, 41 of those throughout the entire state of Georgia, to help you process new data problem solve existing problems, gather best practices, as well as learn to be a personal disciple maker and create a disciple making church. Look at the end of your ministry. Do you want to be known for the buildings you built or the budgets you increased for the programs that you established? Or do you want to be known for gospel impact and the lives that you invested in that became disciples of Jesus and made disciples of Jesus? Listen, that's something that we can sink our teeth into and our team can connect you and help. Just message us, leave a comment, and we will get back with you in 24 hours. Barry St. Clair, founder of Reach Out Solutions, one of the brightest minds in this generation. Thank you for joining me today, friend. Thank you, buddy. And I just appreciate it. And yes, and amen to all you said there at the end. I'm with Praise you there. The Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord. And Lana Melton, thank you for producing today's show and for our research and development team with all they're doing to help us with this broadcast now. And I want to remind our listeners that we're only able to do this because you give to the cooperative program. So thank you for giving generously. And I pray today's discussion with Dr. Barry St. Clair will equip you to think often, invest intimately, and dream big as we make world-impacting disciple-makers. Awesome.